0: Welcome to our world. My name is Vincent Shaw, and as always, I'm bringing you the very latest in political news and fascinating tales from our past. Uh, Just as in other podcasts, if you um, wish to tweet me about um, anything you want me to raise in future episodes, or you want to discuss anything that I've raised in any of the episodes that you've you've listened to, either today's or in any previous episodes, you can tweet me at HistoryShawV, Using the hashtag #OurWorld. So, welcome to uh, episode eight this week. So, the Labour leader uh, Sir Keir Starmer uh, delivered a, a keynote speech um, detailing uh, Labour's plans for um, post-Covid uh, Britain. What, how they would uh, handle the uh, the recovery uh, of our nation, getting people back to school, the economy, um, et cetera, et cetera. It you know, seems to have received some sort of uh, mixed reception. Um, his speech, um, and that even, even to take into account the, the difficulty that he would have had in uh, delivering a speech to what's basically an empty room. There's no, no audience to feed off, of um, The pauses a sort of almost an unnatural uh, setting for, for any leader to do, especially if they're trying to make an appeal to a wider audience and not just to uh, the Labour membership and, and MPs. So he's, he's received a mixed reception this, this this speech at the moment from his party and and beyond. Um, Sir Keir is struggling at the moment to, to cut through um, beyond the Labour Party and um, make an appeal to the wider public at the moment um, and. Current opinion polls at the moment have the, the Conservatives maintaining a lead of around about 4 percentage points. Uh, Politico uh, has the Conservatives with a uh, lead on 41%, with 37% with, with Labour. Now, that, this is despite the, the, the Covid uh, pandemic, uh, the, the issues uh, regarding uh, Brexit. A lot of people, rightly or wrongly, I just need to view Brexit as something that has been done, unless it actually um, affects you personally. For example, all the tales of businesses struggling, particularly the fishing industries, they are struggling to meet the demands Uh, following uh, Brexit. uh, The Conservatives are still maintaining. this lead or over Labour. So if the children the have a lead of 37 to, to 41 to, to 37 and they also have a majority Parliament of um, 80 seats you can see the difficulty secure uh, it's facing. Um, my own opinion at the moment is that even at this early stage I can't see Labour winning the next election they'll have to Go through um, a period of reducing the Conservatives' uh, majority in order to uh, before that they can then become the ruling party themselves. So that, that that is my opinion. That at the moment. So th- this has led me to actually start thinking this week of the 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 last time. The Labour Party uh, unseated a sitting uh, Conservative Prime Minister in a general election. This was uh, back in 1977 when uh, a young Tony Blair led Labour to a landslide victory. So, in 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 this in this episode, uh, I'm going to ask you to cast your minds back 24 years to the 1st of May 1997. Conservatives, and uh, maybe some uh, Jeremy Corbyn supporters, Uh, you may want to uh, look away now. The 1997 election was called on the 17th of March 1997. Uh, It was called by the incumbent Prime Minister uh, John uh, John Major. He had been leader of the Tories and Prime Minister since November 1990, when the Tories ousted the the current leader, uh, Margaret Thatcher. John Major um, won the uh, nineteen ninety two election. It was a shock victory at, at the time. I do record the uh, the night the uh, when the polls shut. It, even on the night of the election, you you'll know when you watch um, election results on whatever channel you're watching: BBC, ITV, Sky. When the polls close at ten pm, that they'll show like uh, the. Like a poll of what they expect to be the outcome of, of, of the the election and it's a, a poll run jointly by the the major uh, news channels and at the time in, in in that election 1992 on the actual night of the election it was predicted to be a hung parliament Um the Tories had been going through some various problems with, with recessions etc so it was expected that neil Kinnock would uh, of force, who was the leader of the Labour Party at the time, would have forced at least a hung parliament. But the results, when the results came through, John Major was uh, confirmed as a victor albeit with a vastly uh, reduced majority. So as we start to come forward from nineteen ninety two to nineteen ninety seven, it was clear that for a long, long time. The uh, Conservative um, government had been dying at a death of a thousand cuts. This has gone back way back to the disastrous introduction of the poll tax by um, Margaret Thatcher. And that was the, the, the death knell of her premiership. It was from that when even with a massive majority at the time that Margaret Thatcher still had, there were Tory MPs who were generally concerned that they were going to be losing their seats, and that's what led to her her, her downfall in in 1990 and it was from 1992 onwards that the the tories became the the epitome of a tired party running out of ideas struggling from from, from day to day lurch from crisis t- to crisis and um, it is my opinion that the the it would have been better for the conservatives to have actually lost the 1992 election and lost with um, the the Labour Party maybe having a small uh, majority and something from which the Tories could then build on and come back again in what would be 1997 because what followed in 1997 was nothing short of a disaster but they, they also, they're, they're, uh, there was a tired party running out of ideas, buffeted with recessions falling out of the uh, ERM, the, the exchange me- the mechanism in your, it, they made a complete mockery of Tory claims to be the party that could be trusted to take care of the economy. They you also know, the back to basics campaign, which just became a complete farce, um, as uh, MP after MP became embroiled in scandals of one thing on another, and so they've got all, all this pile on top of each other. And that is even before we get to the. Infighting, the endless infighting over over Europe. Now, if you think what was happening over Brexit in in the modern day politics, just imagine that on on a day to day basis under under uh, John Major as well with a tiny uh, majority that that he had after 1992. Indeed, at one point he actually had to force a vote of no confidence to get through. Part of the uh, Maastricht uh, Treaty, just an unheard of thing. Just to force, just to try and get him to force through uh, treaty agreements, he had to force through a vote of force it through via a vote of no confidence. Therefore, come polling day in nineteen ninety seven, it. It was certain that Labour would win the the election. The only question was was by how much they would win. How big would their majority be? Indeed, on on the night, and you can find this on on YouTube. The BBC was so certain of, of victory of uh, by the Labour Party that they could even find time within a, a, a serious, serious election night broadcast to join in with the um, inverted commas laddish culture that was um, around it in, in British, uh, certainly British uh, uh, comedy uh, culture, mainstream humour at, at, at the time, as they, they employed Frank Skinner Still riding high from uh, Euro '96 and the uh, Three Lions song with uh, David Bedell, the employed Frank Skinner to uh, quite literally fly around the UK in, in a helicopter to provide um, what was he, in his own words, a lowbrow version of, of, of the night. That is how how confident, you know confident the BBC were of, of a of a Labour victory in the early part of, of the broadcast. They they didn't need to. They devote a lot of time to um looking at, at, at swings if what a swing in one seat would it affect another seat etc etc you find in a lot of other election nights they knew that Labour was going to win uh, Jeremy Paxman uh, famously asked I believe it was uh, Kenneth Clark his, uh, at the time whether they were ready to to drink a uh, hemlock in the early parts of the of the uh, of of the broadcast, say it may not have been Catholic it may be no conservative, but you get the impression you still ask whether that's that's the question. You get the impression about how certain people were of a of a Labour victory. There was there was no um edge of the seat stuff. It was a, It was uh, akin to putting having a football match between Barcelona and and the dog and duck. No matter how many goals Barcelona would score, Uh, in the end Labour won with a huge landslide. Um, They had a majority of one hundred and seventy nine seats this 179 seats, it's not just a, you have to bear this in mind. This isn't just a majority over the Conservatives. This is a majority over all the other parties combined that make up the House of Commons. So you'd have they had a more seats, 100 more seats than the Tories, Liberal Democrats, Plaid Cymru, SNP, the various um, Irish parties, um, DUP, etc., etc. Combined, The Labour had a majority, 179 combined. Uh, um, Tony Blair wrote in in his memoirs that at at one point during the night in 1997, he was genuinely concerned that the Tories would be completely wiped out, not even return a single MP. And he he actually uh, had a huge sigh of relief when the Tories began to win... I see it here, here and there because it, and I, I see where he's coming from with that because it, it isn't good for a democracy to have a political party utterly wiped out I personally believe we, we're we seeing uh, some uh, um, the effects of this now with the uh, Liberal Democrats albeit so the, the the third party a so called third party uh, as they were really struggling to um put their points across at the moment with so few MPs in Parliament when there were a larger party under Paddy Ashdown, um uh, and, and, and Nick Clegg etc. that you would see them on, on television, you would know what they stood for on, for various things. Now you you, you barely hear from them. You're more likely to hear from the SNP, who are the third party, but the third party in terms of size in, in Parliament. But they only have MPs in Scotland, and obviously their raison d'être is the is Scottish independence. So, as it was, the the, the, the Tories weren't completely wiped out. Within the United Kingdom, but they they did end up with their lowest percentage share of the votes since eighteen thirty two. They they were totally wiped out in Scotland and Wales, not a single MP outside of England, just not a single MP outside of England. Um, Northern Ireland, you, you won't find Conservatives, Labour, or Lib Dems in, in, in Northern Ireland. They have their own um, political parties in, in, in Northern Ireland. But in terms of, of um, the mainland of the UK, not a single Tory MP outside England. The following big beasts also lost their seats. Now, bear mm-hmm. mind, every um, election you do find a, a well known MP, someone who's Generally known outside of political circles, you generally find one or two of them will 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 lose their seats. I'm thinking back in uh, 1992, Chris Patton uh, lost his seats. You you'll you'll find this uh, quite quite often. It's a bit of a shock result. But in in 1997, the following MPs, these are famous. Big, big name MPs uh, lost their seats with Michael Portillo, who's to be the next leader, next Prime Minister. Michael Portillo, Malcolm Rifkin, Edwin Curry, David Meller, Norman Lamont and Neil Hamilton all lost their seats. These are big, big names in the Conservative Party. Uh, Norman Lamont famously lost his seat to the anti-sleaze candidate, the former BBC journalist Martin Bell. You will... We call him the the man in the white suit. Has Labour and Lib Dems actually helped his cause by um, agreeing not to stand it? Agree not to stand any candidates in that seat, giving him a free ride um, to utterly humiliate uh, Neil Hamilton. It, it was just, yeah, that's, I think that's that's a, a low point as far as Conservative um, elections go, really. Uh, Labour won, won their election. They they based it on uh, on a centrist uh, platform. Uh, at at the time, they they'd move, they started to move. They they were slowly moving away from from the left under under Neil Kinnock and and John Smith, but still very much more to to the left than what they were under Tony Blair. Under Tony Blair, they they ran on a platform of reducing class sizes to to thirty. Uh, Fast track punishment for offenders, cutting NHS waiting lists by reducing red tape, and and this is the important bit here, is the cutting VAT in heating and also no rises in in taxes. A very centrist platform, and as that led to a huge landslide victory, the first of three election victories in a row for for Tony Blair. And we we need to really just pause and think at at, at this moment as we move forward now to where we are today. So Keir Starmer as as Labour leader is struggling to, to cut through. He's also struggling to gain support within his own political party. There are still a lot of people, and I'm going to say this isn't just Labour, but it's also within Conservatives, where, where people want on a pure form of what they believe their political party should stand for. For the Conservatives, it will be for a free market economy, uh, cutting taxes, very little state interference. To the point where there'll be a lot of people who want to go for really pure form of conservatism, of maybe even privatizing the, the, a lot of the NHS. They don't say that out loud. The NHS is uh, a sacred cow. You can't really touch that. But that is a the purest form of conservatism would, uh, for some of their um, supporters, would be lot of very very little in terms of strong punishment on uh, for criminals. Yeah, that's that you know there'll be a lot of support within conservative circles for bringing back capital punishment. Now, for for labour, the the pure form be a lot. will be almost the complete opposite. A lot of state interference, increasing taxes, uh, spreading wealth, um, more spending on the on the NHS and and welfare welfare etc etc. Neither of those extreme forms of of ideology should get you a a huge majority. You have to find the uh, middle ground, what Bill Clinton called the third way in the United States, and Tony Blair found the third way for the United Kingdom. He ran on a centrist platform, things that would appeal to. Labour voters, and important. And this is an important thing for for Labour, the Labour membership, to to bear in mind when the uh, when their their leader says something that they believe is not true to Labour's principles. Is that a Labour leader? They and indeed, yeah, a Labour leader. Must we'll stick with Labour leader. A Labour leader has to appeal to Conservative voters. Labour will not win an election alone. Just following an entirely pure left-wing political agenda, it, it just won't happen. And this people will not want to hear that. But Labour will not win an election on an agenda such as Jeremy Corbyn's. And this has been proven. He's lost two. He lost two elections. I, I don't care how once you dress it up in the fact that against Theresa May um, we ended up with uh, a hung parliament Jeremy Corbyn did not win that election and in all truthfulness, he he should have won that election Theresa May's government when she called that snap election was in absolute chaos but he, he didn't and he then against Boris Johnson when he He fell, uh, as well as the Liberal Democrats, they they fell into the trap of agreeing to Boris Johnson's uh, snap election. when they should have held out for a second referendum. That's what they should have done. And in then they handed Boris Johnson uh, a majority of 80 seats. He ran on too much of a left-wing agenda. You have to run on, if you're going to beat the Conservatives, you have to run on a centrist agenda nowadays. No, the, the general public... They're they're not for for one that They're not turned on by extreme ideologies. Uh, no matter how well-meaning you 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 may be in saying, if you say, look, let's uh, I mean, uh, one of the ideas was uh, broadband for all, and it was termed communist internet or um, you know, nationalising the, the internet. It, it it was none of that. It was it was a fine idea. Why why shouldn't the whole people? Uh, the public have everyone have access to, especially now when we're all um, at home, homeschooling, homework, and what? Well, why shouldn't we all that? But the first thing that people said well, on, on the doorstep was, "Well, how are you going to pay for this? Why, why, why are you offering that? Why are you offering free boardroom? This was pre-COVID days, so we had no idea COVID was going, going to hit, so we had no idea people would be all stuck at home." Why why, why are you offering me free broadband? I'm quite, you know, it's something that most people, the vast majority of people are quite happily paying for anyway. There was no clamour for it. There was no, nobody was shouting out, let, let's let nationalise the broadband, let's give free, it was just an idea that like they plucked out of thin air. It was just another, you, it wasn't a sensible thing, sensible uh, policy. So, that's the end of, of, of this um, podcast. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening. So, this a little bit of a trip down memory lane to, to 1997, and just, just my own personal thoughts over 1997, I just remember being an incredibly warm, sunny day there, and the outpouring of joy. People need to remember this. When we people nowadays discuss Tony Blair, it understandably goes about the Iraq war, but what people must also remember was on the day of the, the election, after 18 years of Conservative, the, the outpouring of joy all across the nation, there were, literally there were street parties. This has been documented, there were street parties the day he, he won the, the election. Um, uh, as people, thought there's, there's a, a fresh new start for, for the nation. And this is what Sir Keir Starmer needs to now grasp. He needs to start positioning himself as that a lot of Labour purists won't like it. They won't like him moving himself towards towards a Tony Blair light figure. But that is what he must do if he wants to cut this lead and have any chance of reducing the Conservative majority at the next election. As I said before, I don't. I think an eighty-seat majority is too much to overturn in one election. I think you have to reduce it, and then move on. Uh, just as Labour did from the Thatcher landslide in eighty-three, they had to reduce it, in eighty-seven, getting it in ninety-two when they nearly won, and then they finally won. I believe this will be something something similar to that. So. Uh thank thank you very much for listening. Again, if you have anything you want to say about uh, my my podcast, anything about this episode, or if you want to discuss anything you want me to raise in future episodes, or indeed if you want to appear in any um future episodes, you can tweet me at history at using the hashtag our world. So uh good night, stay safe, have a lovely weekend, and I shall speak to you all uh, next week. Goodbye.